listening to the Pasco Podcast with Mike Harbala. Welcome to Season 3 of Pasco Podcast, a series about leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nearly 600,000 people of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. This podcast is designed to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Mike Carballa, and welcome to our 35th episode of Pasco Podcast. We're proud today and actually every day, to honor the bravery and courage of PASCO's first responders. These are the men and women we rely on during emergencies, everyday heroes who save lives and make our community better in so many ways. October 28th is National First Responders Day, and we're thrilled to be joined today by two of our newest leaders, Pasco County Fire Rescue Chief Tony Perez and 911 Director Captain Eric Seltzer. Chief, Captain, welcome. How are you guys doing today? Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having us. I'm doing well. I'm having yeah. a great day. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you for having yeah. us. We're excited to join you today. Absolutely. Yeah, great. And thank you both for just providing outstanding leadership to those in our first responder community. You know, neither of you is really new to Pasco County, right? Tony, you've actually started your career here. Eric, you've, you've been with the sheriff's office for a while. Um, but you both recently joined this, this team here. Can you tell us a little bit about you and your journey to get here? Eric, let's start with you. Uh, so originally born and raised in the Bronx, uh, moved down here as a young adult, um, always kind of wanted to be a cop. I originally started the process up in New York and then uh, some friends brought me down here and got down here and decided, okay, it's time to get going and um, started the academy in 1994. Okay. And uh, Pasco was the first agency I signed on with. Um, I originally looked to go elsewhere, um, but Pasco had offered me a job and um, later on, I got other offers, and I just love Pasco so much. I'm still here. I just—it's been an amazing county agency. The citizens, the support we, we receive is just match unmatched. Fantastic. How did you end up getting getting into the, the 911 gig? Um, so obviously, I work for the sheriff's office. Right. Um, the, um, I think it's 2012 or 13. The county and the sheriff's office. Um, joined forces and we consolidated the dispatch center right and uh the sheriff's office and the county agreed that the sheriff's office would help run the dispatch center so um i just recently came into running it um captain olds was running it prior to me yeah um the sheriff had um we change positions every so often the sheriff moves us around for diversity and uh leadership purposes so i wound up here i enjoyed it um it's a new adventure um, everywhere I've gone over the 29 years I've been with the sheriff's office is a learning experience. So. Yeah, yeah. You guys are that 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 lifeline to the person on the other end of the phone, and and I know that that folks uh, they they just they're they they get that call that it's answered. I know it's just that and just that reassurance that that your operators provide. It, you know, it's amazing. And um, coming over here and taking over dispatch, um, you don't realize what you don't know. Right. And uh, for me. Dispatch was, I keyed up my radio and somebody answered, right? And they gave me information, I gave them information back. And then you come over here and you realize how much they actually do. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I had a staff meeting, I just, I told my managers, supervisors and everybody, I said, man, you don't realize, and I hope everybody in there that works here realizes how important they are. Mm -hmm. Because 
people don't call us on a good day, right? Mm -hmm. They only call us on a bad day. And when they call in, we are the first people that they talk to mm -hmm. before fire rescue, mm -hmm. before the sheriff's office, yeah. Yeah. before anybody. We are the people they are calling and asking for help from. And how we interact with them and how we respond can really set things in a certain direction. Absolutely. Um, so it's just so important that from the very beginning, we get it right. Yeah. And we yeah. get them the help they need. And then, of course, we are there beyond that to make sure our firefighters, our law enforcement officers are safe and um, with that line of communication. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You're you're that angel answering their prayers, and you're the Calvary coming in here, if you will. Tony, talk a little bit about your journey. Okay, so originally from Orange, New Jersey. I'm one of five boys. God bless my mother. But uh, <laughs> what drove me to Florida is uh, professional baseball. I was a professional okay. baseball player and uh, ended up in Tampa, Florida. Was done, and I started coaching high school baseball. And I was just looking for a career, right? I was looking for something that was going to give me stability. My older brother was a firefighter up in New Jersey and says, hey, you know, why don't you become a firefighter in, in uh, Florida? So as I started asking questions, opening up, opening up opportunities, I went to the fire academy, got certified, and I came to Pasco County. They hired me back in 1997. And I was here with Pasco County for about eight months. And then I transitioned over to the city of Tampa, did 26 years with the city of Tampa Fire Rescue. And I was blessed um, to be able to come back home and finish up where it all started for me and become the chief and lead the men and women here in Pasco County. Well, we're certain we're certainly happy to have you. And you were you. you were on full display here this week, too, yes. for us. And we've been working through a lot of good stuff. But, you know, we've been celebrating National First Responders Day since 2017. So I guess relatively new uh, in terms of in terms of uh, recognition, which I think is fantastic, you know, to recognize our first responders. Tell me a little bit about what that means to you, both personally and to your teams. Tony, why don't you start? So National First Responders Day, you know, it all it was all created and developed by the Boston Marathon bombings where the officer was killed. Right. And that's what started the first, uh, excuse me, the National First Responders Day. But for, for me, it's about remembering. It's about remembering um, just all the fallen, the, the members, the men and women who sacrifice mm. uh, day in and day out. You know, we always start at 9-11, right? That was the big thing. That was the most tragic event, right. at least in our lives. That we we remember these 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 heroes, but here in our local area in in, in the Tampa Bay region, you know, um, there was numerous uh, officers who were were killed. Unfortunately, in the line of duty, you know, uh, Curtis uh, Co-Cabin Curtis. I remember Curtis, a lot of them growing up in the area. Yeah, yeah. Florida Highway Patrol. Um, you know, in Tampa, we had several uh, line of duty deaths. But it, it's it's remembering the fallen and just paying respects to them and not forgetting what we do on a daily basis mm -hmm. and. Um, just saying thank you, you know, and just just saying, you know what, let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's keep serving the community. Let's keep serving them in the way it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And that's the right way. Fantastic. Eric, how about you guys? I, I think he said it very well. You know, it's honoring those that we've lost in the line of duty um, and making sure those that are serving today realize how important they are and, and the part that they play in our community. Um, just making sure they know that they are appreciated. Um, I know a lot of times they don't get to hear that every day, right? Um, I will say, I feel like we're blessed here in Pasco County. Mm. Um, the relationship we have with our local community is just amazing. Um, I, I go to lunch almost every day and I can't tell you a day that someone doesn't stop by the table and thank us for our service and stuff. So I wanna thank our community for recognizing that, but it's so important that our men and women know what they do is important and that we remember those that made the ultimate sacrifice. Like the chief said, you know, you go back to 9-11, um, 
the nine twelve was a day, right, that everybody talks about about mm -hmm. the memories and how we came together as a community and as a nation. And you know, first responders are the crux of that. Yeah, yeah. As you go up, you both, you both accurately state right they're they're dangerous jobs they're they're demanding both both physically and and mentally can you talk a little bit about um you know the the mental and the physical support and safety measures that you guys have in place because i mean look they're people too and uh, you know we've got to take care of people so i can tell you um we have gotten much better over the years mm -hmm. at recognizing the mental health component and how important it is um I think years ago it was tough, tough it up, it up mm -hmm. right? And you know, you went and had a beer with the guys, and you joked and complained. Um, and you know, unfortunately, I think over the years we've recognized how many suicides are related to the job stress, mm -hmm. um, and we've gotten much better. I know at Pasco we have um, our chaplains corps, we have a member assistance program, we have our SISM teams, so we have several different components in place that we recognize our members need. And we we not just wait for them to come and say they need help. Um, when we have um, a bad call, mm -hmm. we have people that actively reach out to them and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, Do you need anything? Can we be there? Um, Sheriff Naco has just been amazing <clears throat> with making sure that our members have the support that they need. Um, it, it, you know, Family support network, all those type of things were developed over the last few years. And it's so important that we have that. You yeah. Know, um, yeah. And, you know, again, I think as a society, we've gotten better at recognizing the mental health issues out there. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I mean, you see it across the board, right? You, you point out uh, high high rates of suicide, but even even other things like, like um, you know, uh, addictions, substance abuse or otherwise, and, and just, you know, the ability to cope. You know, it used to be, like you say, in the old days, the, the coping was, you know, go get a beer, two, three, four, maybe, but but even kind of kind of developing that thick skin, a little bit of yeah, it desensitization was, it was to suck it, it up, tough. right? Yeah. That's yeah. part of the job. And yeah. you got in it and you didn't want to admit you had a problem. You right. Oh, that, that, yeah. that toughest, you know, exterior and you, mm -hmm. you were worried about perception. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we, we're getting better. I mean, it's still a little bit there, but I think we're getting better and better. Yeah. Um, and, and it affects all of us. And any first responder, whether it's law enforcement, firefighters, yeah. you know. Yeah. We all deal with tragedy and you don't realize how much it affects you until later on. You yeah, know? it does. You just become cold to it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's important. I'm glad that that stigma is is going away. Tony, how about you? What about in the fire service? You know, I'm, I'm going to agree with Eric. I mean, that's what it was back when I came up in the fire service. It was mm -hmm. let's tough it out. Let's be tough. We talked about it, but we let it go. Mm -hmm. And I think we've we've come a long way. We've created an awareness mm -hmm. now today to help our first responders. You know, here in Pasco County Fire Rescue, we do have the peer support team that's okay. actively involved. When we have those critical calls where our members need that resource, we can extend those resources out with our peer uh, peer support and also with our ch chaplaincy program mm. with uh, Chaplain Howie. It's been great. Yeah. And we have that resource. And but it's there. And we want people if they feel it, we want them to say something. You know, now we're um, we also have the. Uh, support dogs now with with elvis now yes so, yeah um we have joey coleman now he's doing a great job he's going around to the different stations but it's a resource there for our members mm -hmm. and it it's a much it's a better awareness today than ever before and we just need to keep we need to keep improving that and we need to keep uh supporting mental health and we need to keep you know advocating for people to speak up because a lot of times, you know, it's perception, like Eric said, and they don't want to say something because they don't want to be judged. But ultimately, at the end of the day, 
we need to say something and we need to speak up and we need to help our members to really be able to lo- to to be able to enjoy that longevity with their families. Yeah. And um but I think it's getting better today than ever before. Yeah, well so so you know you you mentioned that in the 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 peer the peer uh, uh, aspect of mm-hmm. it, the peer support. I mean that that's actually fascinating, right? Cuz it's here you're hearing from your own team members that that it's okay. So mm-hmm. you know when you kind of look at that that tough it up kind of thing, you're there with the group of 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 guys and gals. And oh, so yeah. kind of yeah. kind of probably takes it takes it down a notch in terms of how yeah. how you have to feel about it. Uh, that program seems to be working. I mean, I know in the in the budget, I think that we just got passed. There's there's some some additional yes. dollars and resources that we're putting forward. To yes, mental yes, health mental health. Yes, absolutely, and that's yeah. a big win for us. Mm-hmm. Big win. Yeah, at the nine one one center, we have the SISM team and a mm-hmm. lot of different components in place because again, they answer these calls. They're dealing with um, so much stress, right? Dealing with everybody calling in. In crisis, yeah, um, we you know we deal with having to walk people through CPR, you know, all kinds of stuff. That you know, someone calls in, their husband or wife is having a heart attack, and we're walking people through that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it takes a toll on you. Yeah, your teams are dealing with people on the probably the worst day of their lives. Oh yes, absolutely. So, so talk to me a little bit about as a community, what what can we do? What can your average ordinary citizen go out and do to kind of help mark? Uh, First Responders Day here. I mean, is this um, is this something that we can, you know, should we you know raise money, give thanks, volunteer? What what kind of stuff can can folks do out there? You, you know, I, I think just a thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for your service. I, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice for people to volunteer, but you know, sometimes they don't have the opportunity to volunteer. But a, just a thank you, thank you for what you do, for what you're doing, and we're here to support you because. In our, our climate today, I think first responders, you know, we get pushed on the back end and, and we're there in time of need. Mm-hmm. And just just to thank you, just to thank you for your service and okay. we'll, be, yeah, we'll go a long I, way. I agree with Tony. You know, I'll tell you, you know, when you just, somebody walks up to you and thanks you just genuinely means a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, all those other things are great. You know, support us, be there to support us, right? Yes. Um, give us opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, we make mistakes, right? Don't pass judgment too yes. soon. Yeah. Um, you know, all too often that happens. Um, and be supportive, you know, when um, we need things, you know, try and convince those that make those decisions to give law enforcement, firefighters, first responders, the tools and equipment that are needed to support the community. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yep. Well, let's let's change tax a little bit here yep. and talk a little bit about leadership. Both of you are, are in, in leadership roles. What does, Eric, what does leadership look like to you? So I, I subscribe to the servant leadership model. Okay. Um, to me, that's huge, right? I will never ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do. Um, I need to be willing to roll up my sleeves and get in there with you. Um, that's huge. Um, and, and just really as a leader, my job, and I tell people is, to provide you with the tools to do your job, right? To help you make your job as easy as possible. You know, and I tell my managers and supervisors that our job is to step out of the way and get them what they need to do their job and be there to support them. And when they and when they need something, we step in and we help. We provide those resources, train and develop our members and just be the example. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Be a positive example that they can look at and go, okay, that's what I want to strive to be. And we all have to be training those below us to take our job one day, right? That's another thing. As leaders, we, we should be in a position that where if we had to step away, retire, that that place runs seamlessly when we leave, yeah. right? That we've prepared everybody 
for the next level. Yeah, one of the one of the biggest aspects of leadership is is preparing the organization to 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 carry on and continue. And development of people is probably the greatest gift that uh, that good leaders can give to an organization. Absolutely, wow. train and develop our members. Yeah, you know, and yeah. support them. How about you, Tony? You know, I'm a servant leader. I'm going to agree with Eric. I've right. always been a servant leader. You know, I believe in building that foundation of trust mm-hmm. with the group, with the organization. Because if I can build that level of trust then I'm going to establish that level of of buy-in. Where buy-in comes, that lack of fear of conflict. Like we can have good discussion, allow people to speak, right? Develop that culture of diversity and thought. You know, when we have those foundational pieces in place, then we're going to be accountable. We're going to have that level of accountability for each other. And once we have that level of accountability for each other, we're going to be attentive to each other, making sure we're being successful as an organization. And... I've always been that way. I've always believed in empowering people to be successful. Wherever I was in the pecking order, rank and file, that's what I believed in. Let's empower the men and women so we can be successful. And it wasn't about me, but it was about them. And that's what I believe in creating future leaders. And that model and concept that I just spoke about is what I continue to do today with Pasco County. I, I would never, if anything, I'm going to add and uh, add on to those, those tier core values that I believe in. As a, as a servant leader. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, leadership challenges. So, mm-hmm. I mean, every every career field has has. There's always certain certain circumstances that that are tra- that are that are that are a little little different. Um, talk about uh, these unique leadership challenges in your fields, and and how do you work through them? So, you know, it's always the trust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, trust is a big issue, right? But you have to roll your sleeves up, like Eric said, and get out there with the rank and file. Mm-hmm. Lack of vision, um, lack of direction, that all comes from not being engaged with your members. Yeah. If you do, if we're not engaging with our members, getting down, breaking bread and fellowshipping in the firehouse and just getting to know them and nurturing those relationships, that's where the disconnect is going gonna, is gonna to come. So, you know, the challenges for what I see now is direction, purpose, lack of vision, uh, lack of accountability, mm-hmm. and those things will truly, truly hurt an organization if it's not what I like to call. If we create the monster, we have to feed the monster, and I don't want to. I don't want to create the monsters because then I have to feed it. So we want to just get in there and establish those relationships. Right? Yeah. What's going on? How can we make this organization better? And invest in those relationships. And and those are the challenges we're seeing now. But those challenges are getting better. And that's I saw it in my with my previous employer, and I'm, I'm seeing it here now. But we work through those together, right? Mm-hmm. We lead by walking alongside with them. And, um, but those are some of the challenges that I see right now. And, you know, accountability is accountability. We got to have it, right? And, um, vision and direction. We all want to be successful. Every person that I've met wants to be successful in front of their peers. So how do we do that? By establishing a level of trust, buy-in, fear of conflict. So we can eliminate those those areas of direction and purpose. We have direction, we have vision, we're going in that area. So those are some of the challenges that I, I see um, and we're working through them. And it's been, it's been a good journey so far. Well, yeah, you've had a lot in uh, probably about six or seven short <laughs> oh, weeks yes. there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Eric, I mean, same question. Talk so about those challenges. I, I agree with um, most of what Tony's saying. You know, the other thing I, I see as a, a challenge um, is we're dealing with so many different generations, right? Mm. And we have to make sure that we know how to adapt mm-hmm. um, and not just have a set, this is the way we deal with it, right? We're dealing with 
um, the older generation, the younger generation, that in between, and they all subscribe to a different way, right? So as leaders, we have to um, train ourselves to deal with different generations, different people, and what makes what motivates this generation, what motivates this generation, mm -hmm. and be able to adapt when we're dealing with different people. Yeah, um, yeah. it's huge, right? Because you know. We now have the why we're, you know, back in the day when you were a leader, you said something and everybody was like, yes, sir, we do it. Right. People didn't ask those questions. It was, yeah. You follow mm -hmm. the rules. Yes. Nowadays it's, well, why, you know? And yeah. Yeah. So you, we have to be prepared, you know, to deal with those different types of leadership, you know, um, issues and be able to address the different types of people and um, mo figure out what motivates each one of them. Yeah, I think we're we're in a uh, we're in a time where I think you've got probably up to up to four generations that could still oh, be yeah. working working right. in the workplace, and and it's a huge huge challenge because each generation has has different norms that they they've grown up with, different ways that they like to communicate with each other, which mm -hmm. is which is another challenge in and of itself, you know, and and uh, and then just different viewpoints on work and and work life balance and right. and those types of things, um, you know, I see. I mean, both of you guys have a lot of. I mean. Your your new recruits are quite honestly. I I saw a bunch of they looked like they were in high school to me, Tony, yes. and you know, and yeah, <laughs> I think younger. I'm getting older here, but they're yeah. they're 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 young, and you know, your yeah. your new operators are, are are young coming in. So I, I don't mean, feel like I'm getting older. And I say, <laughs> um, however, yes, we, we're hiring in these kids, younger and younger, yeah. and I'm like, and we're asking a lot of them. We're asking younger, a lot of I'm these like, guys. Wait a second, they're not. I would I used to when I, I was that young when I got hired, right? Yeah. It's just I've gotten older in times of yeah. change. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. We, you know, just so much. And, you know, and, and the other thing is um, all of us, we're always dealing with staffing. Another challenge is dealing with staffing. Yeah. You know, um, staffing levels, getting people to come into the profession is huge, mm -hmm. you know, that, that have the drive and want to be here. Mm -hmm. and, so. and, and, you know, Mike, I just want to go back to what we're talking about here is because um, Eric um, said something important. You know, we, we are dealing with, with different generations today. So as I move around throughout the county and I meet with the members of Pasco County Fire mm -hmm. Rescue and I speak with the officers, I speak with the firefighters, I tell them, humbly speaking, because uh, I truly believe this is what God allowed me to go through, is I've, I've hit every rank in the fire service. So I say, when I speak to you, I change my perspective to relate to you, mm -hmm. to a firefighter, all the way up to the most senior captain on the job. So I, I tend to put myself in your shoes, change perspective, and try to see what challenges you're going through to help you. But with that being said, I also say the captains must set the expectations mm -hmm. and, re and roles and responsibilities for the house when you come in to help them grow, to empower them. But I really believe in if we can change perspective and really kind of get down with them and 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 understand what they're going through, it 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 helps bridge the gap. I know we're, we're, we are changing in generations, but the biggest thing I tell people, you have to help them grow. You got to find out and invest in, 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 the, in your people. Mm -hmm. What lifestyle do they have? What upbringing did they go through and help them? As we sit here and talk, we grew up blue collar. We grew up hammer, mm -hmm. Phillips head, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Flathead, yep. saw. But today's generation, we understand there's been a shift. Mm -hmm. We have to help them get there. And that was something, it's it's getting better. We still have a ways to go, but we tell people, invest in them. Change perspective, have them see it. 
yeah. from your perspective and have, and you see it from their seek, perspective. Seek to understand rather than yes. be understood. And if yes. you walk in there with that with that level of, of humility of, yes. yeah, I don't know it all here with yes. you. You teach me and then I'll teach you. Yes. And, and, and here we go. So win-win. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so, you know, you mentioned saws. So that may always yeah. make me think sharpening the saw. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, since I've got a bunch of Covey references now. Mm. Uh, how, how do you guys continue to build on your leadership skills? Tony? Um, listening is so, mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. Actively listening to our okay. members. Mm-hmm. Communication, you know, and investing time in them. That's how we're going to build it. And mm-hmm. if you do those three traits, at least I believe, it, we explain that why, but it will allow them to grow and mature. And I think they will respect it, but we have to be engaged. We have to listen and we yeah. have to communicate with yeah. them. Do you do anything else out, outside of that? Is there, are there any books you list, you, you, you read or just stuff that you, you yes. get to to kind of help you just sharpen that? Yes. I, I'm always, you know, reading leadership books is so important, yeah. right? Um, my first book I ever read was First and Last Out by John Salka. Okay. And uh, that was my very, very first leadership yeah. book. He retired from the FDNY. Mm-hmm. But uh, great person, man of great knowledge and wisdom. Um, Frank Viscuso, Step Up and Lead. Um, you know, there's been so many leadership books mm-hmm. that I like to read. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, Colin Powell, you yeah. know, Wisdom of the Bullfrog. That's yeah. another good one if you've ever, if you've had a chance to read it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always educating myself, just trying to stay ahead of the game in leadership, yeah. just so I can um, help, help our members grow, help myself grow as well, because I'm always learning. We, yeah. we never stop learning. Uh, no, we don't. Eric? Yeah, reading the different leadership books is huge, right? You get different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, good to great, go back to, mm-hmm. you know, um, there, there's so many different books they talk about leadership, but the other thing I like to do is I take every day as a learning opportunity. Yes. Okay. Right. So for me, I go out on the floor. I talk to the people that work for me, people I work with, just sitting around like with you guys right now, yeah. right? And take in everything everybody says and Absolutely. does and use that as a learning opportunity. Yes. So I'd learn. I, you got to learn every day, right? So I learn from people's mistakes. I learn from people doing good. You know, I, I mean, I've done this job a long time. And the second you think you know it all and have done it all, that's when you start to fail. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly right? right. So you go and I, I'll watch somebody do something. That's a different way to do it. And that, you know what? That worked. That's great. Mm-hmm. So it's just putting another tool in the toolbox, right? We, right, right. We talk about that. And um, so I, to me, just every day is a learning opportunity. Um, if there's seminars out there, I, I try to attend them when I can. Um, but it's really just taking everything as a learning opportunity. Yeah, I, I like that. Both both the, the the formal education and then more importantly the experiential effects of of listening to what folks what folks are because we we were folks are everyday leaders in everything, mm-hmm. and you can always right. find a, a little nugget or a lesson yes. in, in any conversation or any simple a- act that yes. you see out there. I agree. So you know, Pasco County. Guys, we're 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 growing. It's still growing. Uh, I don't think it's stopped. No, I don't think it's going to stop. Um, so you guys are obviously expanding and hiring. Um, what qualities are you guys looking for? Let's let's start with firefighters. What are we looking for in terms of qualities for these new young women, men and women? You know, we are looking for men and women who are willing and openly uh, wanting to learn, have a a passion for the craft. You know, willing to make a positive impact in the community, be servant leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, someone who is willing to not give up when things are going tough, right? When things are bad, we, we want people to to just 
be a student of the craft. I mean, that's that's our biggest that's our biggest that's thing. Right. And if they're if they're open to learning, and they're committed. We'll mm-hmm. teach them. We'll teach them the craft. You're not going to learn it in one day. Yeah, don't we'll don't it do it for time. the paycheck, right? Come yes, in here it's now not about and, the money. And, no, and really have a passion and an understanding for what it is that yes. that, that you're doing there and making a positive impact on a community. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, to me, it's that hopefully that call for service. Yes, right? that, that that drive to to want to do it. That mm-hmm. you know they want to help people. They want to be that public servant. That you know that person that's there for others. Yes, um, people that want to develop into leaders. Um, you know, um, these are tough jobs, right? Yeah. And if you get into it for a paycheck or it just doesn't, it just never works out. It's about having that servant heart. You know? Gotcha. And that that's what we're looking for. Just, you know. So those are, those are, you know, that's a great, uh, great skill set of, of what to have in individuals. If, if I'm a young person or even, you know, person that just wants to get involved in, in that and maybe, maybe start a career in, in your respective fields, any advice you would give them, Eric? Um, education is huge, right? Okay. You know, um, we, we will help you get your education if you come on, right? We have benefits yeah. um, and college incentives to do that. But get your education, um, stay clean, right? No no drug usage and um, just just be the model citizen. Be, be a good, you know, we don't expect people to come in perfect, but just but have that servant heart, have that caring for people, gotcha. wanting to help, wanting to make a difference in life, okay. you know, and, and you'll be a good fit, you know, we'll. Definitely we'll get you there. Absolutely, I, Tony. I, yeah, I, what advice would you give a young prospective you know, recruit? I, I, man, Eric, you hit it on the nail. You hit the nail on the head. But um, stay focused, stay clean. Um, you know, it's so important to have a. It's so important to be a student of this craft and get involved with your local communities. Be a positive role model. You know, be volunteer. Mm-hmm. Maybe I know here in the fire service we have a cadet program for the young 14 year olds to the age of 21 male or female those young aspiring leaders of our uh, of our future departments you can get involved with the cadet program and it helps you understand what the fire service is about and they meet every monday at our drill grounds off of shady hills road okay and for um individuals who are looking to become state certified hey you know go to your local college you know and and attend the fire academy with the fire academy, you have to attend what's called um, emergency medical technician. Mm-hmm. And you have to get state certified in that, as well as the fire academy, and then you can apply. But it's a great career. So it's, it's a career, like Eric said, that we're servant leaders and you get to make a positive impact in people's lives day in and day out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right there on the front line, guys. Well, listen, a um, couple couple uh, quick questions for you. Okay. All right, a little off script here. Okay. Uh, Eric, what was your first job? First job, I uh, was a camp counselor. Camp counselor. All right. Yeah. Nice. Tony. McDonald's. McDonald's. Ooh, yes. Wow. Wow. All right. One one degree away from someone who's uh, is at McDonald's. Uh, um, hey, um, morning person or night owl? Morning. Morning. Night. Night. How about that? Yeah, kind of kind of kind of fits here with you guys. Um, summer or winter? Summer. 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 You get you get you're a fire guy. I like the heat, huh? I like the heat. <laughs> uh how about a uh, one place you want to visit, Tony? That maybe you haven't visited before? Spain. Spain. España. Beautiful. Yes. Alaska. Alaska. Never been, but I hear it's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. Ah, very good. Um, and uh I don't know, salty or sweet? Sweet. 
Sweet. Yeah, got to go with that. Fantastic. Listen, thank you, Chief Perez and Captain Seltzer for being here today. Uh, it was great having you both here. So thank, thank you, you so much. And special thanks to our media relations team who makes this effort possible. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Mike Carballa, and we'll see you next time. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.